Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 435, recorded live on October 25th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who calls it soda, Dave Play. Yep. And the man who calls it pop, Andy Lowe. Hi. At least we don't call it Coke. Nope, because we're not from the South. We aren't from Alabama and Florida. It's not Coke. But really, soda? Really? Yeah, I've always called it soda. How have you not recognized this yet? I'm pretty sure you have, because I'm pretty sure you guys have made fun of me for it before. Probably. This is... When I wrote down this top... This intro, I'm sort of like, I swear we've probably had this conversation before, but I'm On not the sure. show, I'm pretty sure we've had... And we may even have an episode title about it. I don't know. After 435 episodes, it's kind of hard to keep track of what I've used for intros. <laughs> That's, I think that's why we've lately been trying to keep it more like, here's something that happened this week. True. Because <laughs> those long-running stories are... They, they're all out there at this point. Yeah. Like, that's just a thing now. The question now, though, is if we get new listeners, do they just kind of assume that these long-running jokes are just, oh, I, I don't get it. I don't get why Andy's laughing when, he, uh, when Dave says, what I need you to do is... <laughs> Oh man, that's that's been uh, that was a, a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Those those kinds of jokes from way back when. I don't even remember what episode that was. I don't remember either. There's always those classic episodes, like the one time where uh, we were interviewing the um, distributor lady and her cat. The cat. Oh, the cat. She wasn't a distributor. She was a PR person. Oh, PR. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Wasn't that Emily? It might have been Emily. I think though. that was Emily Morganti. She does PR for all of the like point-and-click adventure games. Yes. The ones that you like a whole lot and I don't particularly enjoy. Yeah, but like her, her cat started meowing in the middle of the show. Quite loudly. Do we need to do like a reboot? You know, the, the way comics do it where like there's a jumping on point? I, I don't know how that would work. All I know is that I think we need to start like advertising of there is a year's worth of audio if you listen to one a day just waiting for you. Yeah, we've reached that point, haven't we? Cause it's uh, been... Andy, we reached that point two years ago. Well, no, if we remove the 34 random topic recaps. Okay, we're still, we reached that point a year ago. Yeah, we've got 400 episodes. Yeah, plus our current plans for, for extra stuff. What you talking about, Willis? I don't know. I wonder what it would take to upload every one of these to YouTube. A lot of bandwidth. No, actually, wait. Each file is 26 megabytes or so. Well, couldn't we... Do Do we have to upload it from the local drive, or would we be able to upload it remotely? I'm just still saying, it's no matter where we are, it's going to be 26 megabytes per file to transfer it... To Google servers. Yes. It doesn't matter I if it's mine, or if it's somebody else's. It's still 26 megabytes yeah. per file. I might... Yeah, but 26 megabytes isn't that much anymore. No, you're right. 26 megabytes times by 435, 11,310 megabytes. In fact, thinking about it, we made that decision, what, like six years ago about the, the format and size and all that. We started saying it's one hour episodes. It's going to be at this rate. Maybe it's time to up the rate on the quality. Yeah, but we're still just a spoken word podcast. Yeah, but their their spoken word is where you get more of the quality issues, I think. <sighs> Hold on, let me do a quick check. What is Twit currently running at? Oh, it's a new website for Twit. This Week in Tech, latest episode 532. Jesus, there's actually a podcast out there with more episodes than us. <laughs> I'm sure there are many, Andy. Uh, download audio. Oh, it's a 66 megabyte file for them. So they're three times the quality. Depends on the length. How long is it? I at least don't feel bad about these long pauses because I know they're just going to get removed. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Oh, it's a two-hour show. Shit, two hours and 23 minutes? That is a long-ass show. Yeah, but they have people, they have like two or three people coming on, and they go into the most bizarre random sidetracks. Not that we don't know what that's like. They're also very opinionated people who believe that their opinions are the absolute correct ones, which is one of the reasons why I don't enjoy listening to them anymore. When Dvorak in. went on and on and on and on about, like, some ridiculous stuff about Apple, I'm like, you know what? 
I don't agree with you, and you aren't listening to other people on the show, and I'm done. Okay, so this episode is 144 minutes long. File size was 66 megabytes. Uh Uh-oh, stand back, everyone. Andy's doing math. 66 megabytes divided by 144 minutes. That is 0.458 megabytes per minute, right? So round that up to 4.46. We have 26 megabytes. Actually, no, I think we're about 27 megabytes per 60 minutes. 0.45. So they are, I could see exactly what they're doing, but they probably are doing a slightly higher quality than us, but not really. Now, if you want me to, I could actually go do this with other, um, go to the top 10 on iTunes or something and see what they're doing for their audio quality. Okay. But but probably not right this second. No. That'd be an extremely boring show of just me mumbling numbers. Okay, so <laughs> like we've been doing for about the past two minutes. Dave making wisecracks the whole time. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't mind making the wisecracks. That's okay. We do have some other things to talk about, though. Yes. Right? We do have topics, yes. We have topics. Cool. So where do you want to start on said topics? Um, well, I should probably start by actually going to the topics and what? pulling up that list. What? I had I had football stats up in front of topics. I thought we were going to talk about football. Why would we talk about football? Because we always talk about football. We don't always talk about football. During the season, we do. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about football. U of M versus MSU. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I got made fun of for that at class this week. Like, all week. I had trainees, because I have different trainees, uh, like, each different day. So they're like, oh, you're from Ann Arbor. Yeah. So did you watch that game? Yes. God damn it. That poor kid. That poor, poor kid. That's why, instead of saying you're from Ann Arbor, you say you're from Celine. Celine. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. I still say I'm from Michigan. They're like, oh, Michigan, huh? Uh, but that he was getting death threats. Like the athletic director had to come out and say, leave the goddamn kid alone. Do you think we're kind of putting a little too much into college sports? A little? (laughs) Yes, I know. A little is the understatement of that. Yes. I think we're putting way too much in college sports. There's too much money in it. There's too much enthusiasm behind it. Like, this is ridiculous. How do you fix that, though, other than telling everybody to just go away? I mean, that's what University of Chicago did. Really? Yeah. What did they do? They closed their football program. Oh. You You don't know this? No. Do you know who the original members of the Big Ten were? Nope. I can guess, but I'd probably get most of them wrong. Original Big Ten teams. Uh, originally were just seven. It wasn't actually the Big Ten. University of Illinois, University of Michigan, Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue, Wisconsin, and the University of Chicago. Hmm. Oh, yeah, University of Chicago. There you are. And the University of Chicago was good. Like, they were in the, they were Big Ten. They were fantastic. But a, a little ways into it, one of the directors of the university said, you know what, this is pulling the focus away from education. We aren't going to be able to keep up with these other big schools because these other schools are way bigger than we are. And we don't want this to be our focus. And they pulled out. That right, was now, in 46. Yeah, they went independent. Now they are currently, let's see, conference facilities... Well, it's not just that they went independent. They basically killed their football program. No, they still have a football program at yes. Stag Field. Yes, they do. They have a football club. Huh. Fun fact of the football field at University of Chicago, the world's first artificial nuclear reactor was built under the west stands of the field, which yeah. is which that's was no the, longer used for football. That's the site of the original Manhattan Project. That's crazy. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. That was the first controlled nuclear reaction, controlled sustained nuclear reaction. Huh. It was, in fact, that test that led to the atom bomb. I did not know that. 1969, Chicago reinstated the football team as a Division Three team. Right. So it, they didn't pull it out completely. Uh, they did between 46 and 69. Yeah, but now it's back. Right. But they aren't trying to compete. It's not the focus of the school. True, because they're a Division Three school. Jeez. Yeah, so, no, I guess we did talk about football. Damn it, Dave, that was your fault. Ha, 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 ha. I don't know. You, you brought it up. You brought up the Michigan game. Because you brought up football. I was going to just leave it as we normally talk about football, which isn't actually talking about football. It's talking about us talking about football. <laughs> How meta of you. And then you had to go and bring up actual football. 
Oh, so I'm not dead. We could talk about that. Yeah, you lived. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you a, well, he had already done it, but. Uh, Five-time marathon finisher. Five marathons. Well done, sir. Thank you. It was good. I dressed up as Waldo this time, which let me tell you. <laughs> How, wait, isn't that what you do every year? Uh, no, uh, it, it's been a slow, gradual change. So it's been like some of the shorter races I've done it, but. Now that I have the U.S. soccer jersey, that's the red and white striped one, yeah. which was, you know, nicknamed the Waldo jersey. Yeah. Um, that one is nice to run in because you, you get so you get all these like technical shirts at the races that are just like some weird polyester blend, which doesn't it's yes, it's better than a cotton shirt, but it it's not great. But these soccer jerseys, because I got the official authentic ones basically built for people to run around for you know hours on end on a soccer field i mean run around do you want to try and argue with a soccer player about how many miles they log no but i mean they're on the field for like two hours run around well they're running they're active would you want to try playing soccer for two hours nope (laughs) i used to do that when i was like five I was in the Celine Area Soccer Association, SASA. Oh, yeah. Everybody in Celine was in SASA. Yep. Just like everybody in Ann Arbor was part of the Ann Arbor Amateur Hockey Association in the winter. There was a large majority of people in Ann Arbor who were part of that. But yeah, no, so I got that, and then I got a white running hat, and I got a red sweatband, and I put a little poof on the top, and... Turns out you don't need the glasses. No? No. I was wearing sunglasses because, you know, we were running before the sun went up, so we were going to be running into the sun. Yep, because you're headed east. Yeah. Um, but still, there was a lot of people who was like, oh, it's Waldo, woo! <laughs> I still tell that story at uh, at work as a story of bringing people back from class and getting them, you know, excited to come back and sit down for another hour and a half of lecture. That. I talk about my, my good friend, Andy Lowe, and I have pictures. I have all the pictures of you dressed as Waldo. Which, do you have the one that I have on my Facebook page at all? Or you could just be like, all right, try and find Waldo in this picture. Yeah, that's how I end the story is I, I, I'm cycling through the pictures. I talk about, you remember the woman who came up to us at the Fox Sports Bar? Yes. Who's like, my son is about to move away to college. And it's a, I'm like, yes, you can have your picture, woman. Don't, just it's nothing. Stop it. Just <laughs> stop it. You're going to make me cry. That was... It was that story, and then the people at Pike's Market. That was also... It's yeah. like, when, when you're with a bunch of nerds, then it's like, it was, yes. It wasn't even nerds. It was just people. Like, we counted every time someone shouted out, there he is. Yeah. And we it was hundreds in a single day. Yeah, no. I, but it was like, if I'm just out and about, and then people come up to me and are, like, super excited. It's just like, oh... Yep. Yeah. Um, and so as, as I go through the story, I say, and we also did this. We also knew, like, had contacts with the people who were running the organization, the people who were doing the show. And so we managed to sneak my friend into the queue room, the line room, where everyone's getting ready to go into the convention. And so I click over to it and I say, all right, so where's Waldo? <laughs> I'm glad that I'm, like, right behind that trash can because that's a good, like, reference where you can just tell people, oh, look at that trash can and then look up. I, I just eventually cut away half the screen and I say, he's in this half. And then I cut away half and I say, he's in this quarter. And then I just draw an arrow pointing to you. Ah, nice. And you'll usually get people who are like, oh, there he is. So uh, we actually have a topic about football. Okay. Speaking of sports, now that we can actually like segue into actual topics. Yeah. So Yahoo is going to be live streaming an NFL game, right? We talked about this, how Yahoo is going to be broadcasting the Did- Bills-Jaguar game. Okay. Uh, why that? Why that game? It's in London. So the okay. start time is uh, 9.30 a.m. Oh, actually, I mean, that, that, that's that's today. Oh, so, so it's it's actually, like, done. The game is already over. Yahoo streamed a game. Yes, Yahoo streamed today's Bills-Jaguar games from London because um, it was a 9.30 a.m. start time, and uh, most of the TV partners didn't really want to bid on a 9.30 a.m. football game on Sunday. <laughs> Like, fuck it, no one is awake. Pretty much. So Yahoo paid about $20 million for this game. Yeah. And Bet um, you they lost money. Well, they were originally were uh, asking for $200,000 per 30-second ad. Okay. So um, they cut that down to about $50,000 for yeah. a 30-second ad. And they secured about 30 advertisers. So who knows if they actually made money or not, because I love that the See More article on here, it says Yahoo loses $42 million on Community <laughs> and two other original series. So the question is, like, 
like, oh, it's a free stream for everybody, but are is Yahoo actually going to make money on this? Probably not. I mean, it's too bad. It's it's good that they did that. I'm excited for what that potentially means. I'd love to see more football being streamed online, but you know, that's... spending two. What was it? Yeah, it's spending twenty million dollars for one football game. Well, imagine what the other games cost. Oh goodness! Right, this is the game that nobody wanted. Yeah, this is. They're they're paying twenty million dollars for a game that nobody else wanted. Yeah, and they're trying. The advertisers were like, "Well, I don't know if I want to spend two hundred thousand dollars for a thirty second spot. Oh, how about fifty thousand dollars? I wonder how much. Ad- There's somebody's probably counted the number of ad spots in a football game, right? Uh, I mean, it depends. Right, it's it's actually a variable amount. True. It depends uh, on what sort of it. actions are taken during the game. Okay, da, da, da. somebody did it back in 2013. Uh, average professional football game lasts three hours and 12 minutes. The ball's actually in play. It's mere 11 minutes. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Average NFL broadcast spent more time on replays than actual live plays. Average NFL game includes 20 commercial breaks containing more than 100 ads. Ooh. Okay, so if we just assume 100 ads, $20 million. 50000 per ad? Well, just I'm just seeing how much they would have to average out if they had 100 ads. $200,000 a spot. So I'm guessing Yahoo did not make money on this. Yeah. Wasn't that their original price? Yes. $200,000 a spot? Yep. Yep, so they wanted to break even. And my guess is they didn't. Yep. But, so, but, 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 hang on, hang on. We are also working under the assumption that all of the revenue from this comes from the ads during the show. What you are forgetting are the ads that are also on the screen anyway, because it's Yahoo. What? Oh, are you saying like, like the... Uh, sidebar like, ads. Yeah, sidebar ads. Okay. There are sidebar ads. There are potentially banner ads. There's the fact that people are on Yahoo's pages and probably clicking around to other pages on Yahoo. I mean, think about how cool this could be if Yahoo, I mean, Yahoo has a really nice Yahoo Sports page. That's actually where I get my sports stuff is Yahoo Sports. So if I'm watching the game and that's in the center of my display and on the sidebars are all the live up to date stats, like that's really cool. I would come back for that. That's the, the kind of crap that Microsoft keeps promising about their Xbox integration with things like sports. Oh, Xbox. And Yahoo could very, very easily live up to that. Yes. Like, blow it out of the water. If they stop making dumb decisions. Yeah. Like, really, they should just go for it. Just do that. It's kind of like an all-or-nothing sort of thing. Yeah. They've got enough problems right now, though, in convincing the uh, the shareholders that this is a good idea. Probably not the easiest thing in the world. No. So we can segue to Microsoft if you want. Okay. By the way, also worth pointing out, NFL game in London, right? Yes. Do we know if it sold out? That's an excellent question. Let's see. I'm, NFL. I'm willing to bet there was a really high attendance. News. Do London ticket sales for last year's game. Um, okay, so last year when the um, Cowboys played the Jaguars in London, November 9th, 2014, uh, three games in London so far have produced about $32 million in ticket revenue. Well, that doesn't tell us jack shit. Uh, sellout crowd of 83,603 fans produced uh, 10,000,000.6 in ticket sales. That was last year's game. So yeah. if they... I mean, they sold out last year. Yeah. Probably means they're selling out this year. Probably. It's really interesting because it's, it's American football. But it actually is a pretty, I learned this when I was out there, it has a pretty strong following. Like, a lot of people in England have their favorite football team, like American football team. Yeah, surprisingly, the Lions are actually a big, my guess is because of the, the, the Lion itself. Possibly? Or they just like picking losing teams? The Lions won this week! They did. They won! I know, it's crazy. They beat the Bears. <laughs> I don't know if it counts as a win. Well, they're going to play the Bears again on Thanksgiving, so chalk that up for two victories, hopefully. At least two. <laughs> so they'll be two in 14? <laughs> okay, but seriously, Microsoft. Microsoft. My, we, yes. We were segueing. Yes. We can get off of football. I yes. promise it was not my original plan to spend 10 minutes in football. You just had to mention the word football. That was your problem. Microsoft. Just, Microsoft. Um, What's normally, you know, we get we used to do the monthly sales reports for the consoles, right? Yeah, that was that was always such a fun section. 
which is why we haven't really done that in years. Well, also because they the, they cut the numbers away from us. True. You'd but, still be um, doing it if they published their numbers. Uh, but it turns out Microsoft is going to make those numbers even murkier because they are no longer going to actually give sales updates for the Xbox One hardware. That's an interesting decision. Instead, they will give Matrix related to the Xbox Live service. So in its earnings report, Microsoft said that the Xbox Live monthly active users were up 28% year over year to 39 million, but they didn't actually give any hardware sales. It said that hardware revenues were down an unspecified amount, but no actual numbers. I feel like this is just them trying to be sneaky. They're like, well, we we are not really winning against the PlayStation um, 4. Yes and no. It could be them being sneaky. It can also be them... So, so keep in mind, when you are a publicly traded company, as Microsoft is, yes. perception is... It, it defines reality. Yeah. So Microsoft could be sitting there and doing like, wow, we're doing great. Yeah, hardware sales are down, but man, we are just doing fantastic. But hardware sales are down and the market would see that and say, oh, God, hardware sales are down. And so this could just be Microsoft trying to guide the market towards more appropriate measures. But still, is Xbox Live active users really that better of a metric than physical hardware sales? They sell the box once they get no more money for it. And keep in mind, selling the box is not someone going to GameStop and buying it. True, selling yes. the box is GameStop buying it. True. So once that sale is made, they don't make anything from it. But they do make it on the monthly and yearly Xbox Live subscriptions. Yeah. Now they do, uh, I love how this article pointed out that the company did not indicate how many of those 39 million users are paid Xbox Live users or the free Xbox Live users. Yep. And there's there's not going to be a way to tell unless no, they no, give that not. number out. Unless Microsoft specifically says. Yeah. But they're not going to. No. Because why would you try and chop up a $39 million number? Yep. So I it, it could be either, right? It could be like totally sneaky and suspicious and like, why are you doing this? It could also be like, we're doing this because we want to actually make sure that people are doing what we want them to do. True. So, um, do you see Dell's already released some of its Black Friday stuff? Nope. It's going to be an Xbox One bundle. Okay. Gears of War, the the collection yeah. game, and uh, Fallout Four for three hundred. What? So you get you get the the, the two games. Wait, and who, this, you said this was Dell? This was Dell. Yeah, Dell Black Friday. So Fallout 4, Gears of War, and this is on a PC or what? No, this is for the Xbox. For the Why is Dell selling an Xbox? You get the 500 gigabyte console, a second controller, as well as a copy of Fallout 4 and Gears of War Ultimate Edition for 300 bucks. And where are you seeing this? Because I'm having trouble loading Dell's website. Uh, I just, CNET's uh, website had the leak. Also my other, here, let me just send you the link. Like, where do I have to go to get this? Whoop, whoop. Dell's Black Friday deal leak. Yep. Okay. Why is Dell selling an Xbox? I don't know. I three hundred dollar bundle. That is a really good bundle. Yeah. Two and controllers, so two games, two controllers. And the Xbox. Yeah. Jesus. I. <laughs> okay. I might need to set uh, an alarm for that. That's a really good price, and you get Fallout Four and Gears of War. Although Fallout Four on on the Xbox, um, mm. yeah, no, the the uh, you'd have to actually buy the actual. Uh, it's harder to mod, and the, yeah. Uh, Granted, I haven't modded any of the other previous Fallout games. So. I modded Skyrim though, and that oh, was worth well, it because everybody mods Skyrim. Yeah, well, a lot of people mod Fallout. True. Oh wow, I totally missed this alert, and damn it, what? I just got a stock alert from August, <laughs> <laughs> August twenty fourth. I'd put, a, I'd put out an alert saying like, hey, if this thing drops below this price, send me an alert. The price was $10.45. The current trading price is $15. Oops, that that was a mistake. Oops. That could have been a lot of money. Oh, well. That's a 50% growth. Yeah. So other gaming news. Yeah. Activision and Blizzard have uh, basically started their own esports division. Okay. And the people that they have, the top two people they have in charge of it. Yes. Is the former CEO of ESPN and the NFL Network. Wow. And um, the guy who co-founded and was serving as president of Major League Gaming. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Those are some names. Well, positions. So that's that's some pedigree right there. This is like, this is getting serious, right? Yeah. Esports is a thing now. I don't think, ah, ah, sorry. How many cans do you have over there? I have a drinking problem. 
And a blanket problem. I, I was actually, I hit them with the blanket because I was trying to get the blanket around me because it's cold in here. It's 57 degrees outside. God damn winter. It's not winter yet. It's not even Halloween. It's fall. And in Wisconsin, that means it's essentially winter. We should do cider and donuts. Ooh, cider. Sorry, I was... By we, I assume you mean you and Kate. Yes, sorry. Not, not you and me. Again, we, we just don't have that kind of relationship, Andy. No, no, we don't. Actually, we, we totally do. We could, we could go get, like, cider. That would not be a weird thing. No, no. Uh, donuts would be weird for me because I just can't eat them. <laughs> be weird for me to just sit there in front of you going, mmm, donuts. I hate you. Yeah. Uh, so esports is a thing and this is just more proof of it. Like, yeah, no, like getting former getting CEO yeah. of ESPN and the NFL network and then major league gaming together. I feel like they could work something out here. Well, I mean, what are they going to work out? <laughs> that is true because there already is Hearthstone's collegiate tournaments, Hearthstone's world tournaments. Yeah. But what it is, is these guys have the contacts, right? Yes. They know who to reach out to. They know what reporters are out there and are on first name basis with them and they're the ones that the reporters are going to watch. But like, I, I'm just imagining now that in the New York Times sports page, there will be an update on the League of Legends International Tournament. I think we're a couple of decades away from that. You, you really think we're decades away from that? From getting esports stuff in the New York Times? I think we are at. I, I think we are within years of it being on the New York Times website, and maybe, maybe a decade before it gets into the print paper. If the print paper is still there in a decade, I don't know. I do have to say, it was. Um, I was at the gym one morning, and they have ESPN on, um, and they actually had talked about one of the League of Legends things because they had just done the broadcast the day before or something like that on ESPN two or mm-hmm. three or whatever it was. Yep, and the announcers were surprised at how big the cash prize was for it yep they're talking about oh yeah this one this cash prize is only this and this one the cash prize is only this but holy crap cash prize for this is that high really yeah and if that was league of legends that's one of the smaller ones the dota tournaments are huge yes but with the money comes the problems because there was another you, you are you talking about like corruption yes that with money there comes corruption yes uh, 12 people were arrested for fixing StarCraft II matches in Korea. Fixing games. Yep. How did they fix a StarCraft game? They, they threw the game, just like anybody would fix any football game, baseball game. They threw the game. Wow. One of the guys threw one match for about $4,500, while one of the other, because, um, all right, so only three of the people who were, of the 12 were arrested were actual players or coaches. Everybody else was the... The connections to um, the organized crime syndicate, that sort of thing. So there was only three out of the 12 who were actually throwing the game. Um, but yeah, one of them uh, made about 4500 Somebody else made 26500 from throwing two matches and was blackmailed and fixing two more for free. So yeah. Yay, esports and boo, esports. <laughs> I'm, I'm just still processing that someone managed to... F- fix the starcraft 2 match did they at least do it like where it looked like they were still trying and they just made some mistakes or did they just basically like stop doing things i have a feeling that if they stopped doing things it would have been more um obvious like people would have would have said uh that wait what are you doing no don't what you aren't microing what's why are your apms dropping to the single digits uh, the first match with manipulated results is alleged to have occurred in January, so it took a bit of time. Yeah, the, f- the official investigation did not disclose full details on the matches, um, so <laughs> the official investigation did not disclose full details on the matches. However, the website's users at Team Liquid have been able to determine or narrow down the range of, sp- of suspicious matches based on given information. Wow. I'm just trying to think of, like, how would you catch that, right? There is very, 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 very little difference between a really good player who's playing their full and a really good player who's intentionally trying to lose. Yeah. Like, as long as they're microing, as long as they're doing stuff, I, what do you, do you go back and realize, like, hey, he forgot to set this drone to go grab gas. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I'm... Well, the thread that this thing is currently attached to is 68 pages, so um, somewhere in there, I'm, I'm guessing... That's a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, da, da, da. It was, there was betting line movement. There was gameplay. There was the secrecy and refusal to talk about it. There was a press release from Pinnacle saying the game was not played on a fair basis. Yep. So I'm guessing, yeah, some people felt bad, and then police started looking into it. And just don't keep written records. Nope. That's that's the okay. Uh, another Yahoo topic. Oh yeah, Yahoo Mail. Let's start talking. Well, let's we'll we'll use this as a let's start talking about security. Okay. So Yahoo Mail and security, uh, they're getting rid of passwords? Yes. What? <laughs> uh, back in March, Yahoo Mail introduced something called on-demand passwords, which basically they sent, they pushed a one-time password to your phone so you could log into your email account. Uh-huh. So basically they have... Um, it's two-factor authentication, but with only one factor. Yes. So they'll, it's, um, you, you want to sign into Yahoo Mail and you'll get a push notification to your phone going, hey, do you want to sign into mail? And um, the little app will pop up with like, are you trying to sign in? You say yes, and you've signed in. Oh, so it's not even like we will send you a, a code that you enter. It's just we will wait for your phone to say yes. Yes. Okay. Feels like it's a little vulnerable to man in the middle, but I guess in theory it would work. So yeah, so you, you enter your email address. When you click on the password field, the field will disappear. Instead, you'll get a push notification on your phone asking whether or not to accept or deny the login request. Hit accept and you're in. What if I just want to use my password instead? Um, the Yahoo account key is entirely opt-in, so you can still use your regular password. Okay, because I don't want a Yahoo app on my phone. <laughs> Like, I, as I said, I use their sports page because it's a really nice sports page. It's very well organized and I'm used to it. But I don't, I don't want the rest of Yahoo. I don't need that on my phone. Now, I've actually uh, instigated two-point authentication on both my uh, personal Gmail account and my work Gmail account now. Yeah. So now that <laughs> that authenticator now has two numbers that are um, randomly scrolling. Mine has had two for a long while. Oh. Because I use uh, Dashlane Password Manager. Okay. And they hooked into Google Authentication for that. Oh, In good. fact, the new website I'm working on, if I ever get back to working on it, also would use Google Authentication. Well, good, because Google, Google is, Authentication... They've, they've opened the key so that like anyone can add to it. Well, anyone can just use it. It's actually really nice, and it works very well. I still need to set up a backup code, though, just in case I ever lose my phone. Well, you have the 10 text codes that are generated for you. Yeah, but I haven't printed them out. Ah, well, don't print them out. Memorize them. True, but when's the last time I've tried to memorize a 10-digit number? What's your parents' phone number? True. <laughs> We've already gone down that road. Yep. Oh, no. A 10-digit number. So complicated. Yeah. What was your locker combination in high school? <laughs> No clue on that one. Really? Yeah, no, no clue. One nineteen forty one. I can barely remember the two locker combinations that I've, the two padlock combinations that I've already got. There's no way I can remember one from high school. All right. Despite having used it for four years. Yep. Okay. Unneeded information, so it just gets washed away. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, other security pieces. So Yahoo's getting rid of passwords. Uh, Congress may be getting rid of formally all car hacking. What? Like all car hacking would be completely illegal. So the House Energy and Commerce Committee uh, was looking at a bill that would reform the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which would also include a small piece that says, nope, you cannot attempt to circumvent the security of a car, period. Any person from ask access seen any system either wirelessly or through a wired connection really yep in today's cars really that's that's honestly like the first thing that a modern auto mechanic does when you take the car to the dealership is plug it in there and get the stuff from the the com oh, that, computer no that would still be okay there's no way that they'd kill the the onboard dash or whatever diagnostics onboard diagnostics obd right yeah that would still be there it's just they wouldn't be able to then try and access the systems they can get the dump no this is this is ridiculous because there's enough people who are trying to do good with this right that just bringing down the massive ban hammer is no uh so the ftc has said this is a bad idea it's already banned in the dmca oh yeah because remember that whole thing with the john deere tractor yep but they are looking at saying you can't do this at all. That is ridiculous. That's stupid. It's wrong and ridiculous and stupid. If if there's no, because then it starts to, it, it's a slippery slope. It's like, okay, so I can't modify the car code, but I, you have no problem with me changing the brakes on my car or changing this, that, the other thing. Everything oh is God. becoming. Andy, you're right. We should totally outlaw people from altering their car at all. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, the computer is is used to a certain style, right? The computer is used to the hardware. It's like a Macintosh. Yeah. What happens if you change the hardware? Well, then the software doesn't know what to do anymore. That's dangerous. We should just prevent people from modifying their cars. Which, yeah, no, that's not going to work. So that's that's a thing. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Honest to goodness, ridiculous. I know. So I got my new uh, credit cards in the mail over the past week. Chip and pin? Chip and pin. Woo, chip and pin. I've only been asked at one location to actually use the chip, and I did not have to enter a pin. Huh. Which is good, because I don't know where to, like, I don't know the pin. (laughs) I don't know that I ever set the pin. You should have done that when you first activated it. I don't don't know. (laughs) But as you and I both know, because we've talked about this back in 2010. Five years ago. That these things were already hacked. Yeah. Now, um, there was there was a man in the middle attack yes. that you could do, right? Like if you overlaid the chip with a different chip. Yeah, no. When we talked about it way back then, it it was kind of a theoretical thing because it required a whole like other setup for this thing to work. Okay. So it wasn't a practical hack, but it was it was still hacked. Um but someone made it practical. Yeah, they basically took a, a overlay chip and basically uh, glued it onto the regular chip on the card. So when you insert the card and it asks you for the pin, the card, the little glued-on card, will automatically just say yes, the pin is correct, regardless of whatever random pin the person enters. So there's no there's no massive backpack, there's no other card insert sort of thing. It's just you take the little chip thing and you put it over the little chip thing, and and no matter what, it just returns that is the correct pin. Yes. So you put it in there. It's like oh, what's your pin? You could type anything and hit enter and the chip will intercept it and say yes that is the correct pin to the to the device and bob's your uncle bob's your uncle you never heard me say bob's your uncle i have heard you say it many times and it's weird every time yeah that's um so yeah i'm loving how uh advanced the u.s banking system is that we're picking up a technology that was proven hackable five years ago and is already hacked yeah yeah that's why i said like this is uh, chip and pins it hasn't been hacked because we knew that for five years that it's already been hacked but now it's been hacked better but so it was a proof of concept hack five years ago yes now it's actually been hacked. Yes. Now there's actually been people arrested yep. be- from using this sort of thing. Yep. Okay. Uh, other hacks? Hackers can use radio waves to hijack what? Yes. This is also a proof of concept hack because the the um, the rig is quite bulky to do this, okay. as you can see in the video. Um, the range is um, less than two meters. Yeah. If you want to go up to uh, five meters, then you basically have to modify a car to store all the equipment. Okay. So uh, not not too bad yet, but you know, just like this chip and pin one, it's yeah. a proof of concept. It can be miniaturized. So the rig will send radio waves to an iPhone or Android with its headphone cable microphone setup. So it uses the headphone cable as a receiver to pick up the radio signals and relays them to either Siri or Google Now or Cortana, um, and then anything that they can do via the voice app, uh, the so, hackers can do as well. So, just to, to be clear, uh, when I first got an Android phone, yes. there was an app that allowed you to listen to local radio stations by using your headphones. Yes. And it just uses the wire in the headphone as an antenna. Yes. What these guys are doing is using that same wire as an antenna, but they're they're using it to essentially transmit the signals of the the buttons on the headphone and someone speaking into the microphone. Yes. That is brilliant. I just want to start by saying that is a brilliant concept that I had never thought about. That is amazing. So with that, they can trigger Siri or Google Now to wake it up. And, and anything that you can do with Siri or Google Now. Essentially, they can send a voice command. Yes. So they could say, like, send text to blah, 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 blah. Or open web page to this. And that web page is a malicious web page that will download uh, some sort of malware app. Yep. And then if... And then they can open the app. Yeah. Wow. Now, the, like I said, this only works not with just the with the earbud antenna, but it has to have one of those headphones with an integrated microphone in it. Yep. I mean, it, it really just needs the uh, four channels. Yeah. Because it so, needs to be able to send them the message. Yeah, and then it needs to go in via that microphone input into yep. the system. So the, the takeaway there is never leave 
headphones in your phone. Yes. Now, it wouldn't do this invisibly. If you were looking at your phone, you would see Siri or Google Now wake up. Yes. And you would see the words appear on the screen. Yes. And potentially be able to cancel it by pressing the back button. Yes. This is, though, if you have it in your pocket and you're, like, listening to something going on. Uh, even if you're listening to something, you should, your music would stop. True, because then you'd be running the, the voice app. So right. this, this is the, you're not paying attention. Yeah, this is like, I'm at a cafe and someone has left their phone on the table and headphones are plugged in. Yes. That's a brilliant attack. Kudos to the people who figured this out. Yeah, no, this this one was, I read this and I'm like, really? R- wait, it's like that time when you told me about the, that hack with the, the car jammer for the, the keys. Mm-hmm. That, I, list, I read that one and I'm like, that's brilliant. Yep. That's, it's extremely scary, yep. but that's brilliant. Damn. There have been some other really, really impressive phone ones. Um, just trying to remember what they were. Oh, there was the computer speakers, right? Wasn't there one where, where they, they put like a high gain microphone on computer speakers and you could figure out what was being typed based on the change in the frequencies? Well, the computer speakers can act as my, any speaker can act as a microphone. Yes. That's just, that's a given. Any speaker is, it's, it's the same setup. Yes. But this wasn't, this wasn't using the speaker as a microphone. It was like listening to the electronic pitch. It was listening to the voltage of the computer. Oh, geez. To figure out what they were typing. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but is FCC issues AM revitalization? So there's been a talk about for the longest time is what the heck do we do with AM radio, which is kind of funny because the AM spectrum is what these guys are using to hack the phones. Yeah, that's why I jumped over to it. Um, so the FCC for the longest time has been trying to do some sort of AM radio revitalization of, okay, we have the AM radio. It's kind of dying. What do we do? So it Let seems it the FCC die? is going, What? Let it die? There's a lot of broadcasters who don't want it to let it die. Okay. Um, But it's kind of funny because the two-step that they're going to do um, is first uh, give an AM station more flexibility to move to an FM translator, which means, okay, so you have the AM broadcast, but then you also have an FM simulcast of it. Okay. And then the second one is uh, give AM stations without FM translators the chance to apply for an FM translator. So their 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 big plan for fixing AM radio is move it to FM radio. That doesn't sound like a fix. It sounds no, like my no, plan of let it die. That's that's pretty much it. It's like okay, well, we don't want AM to die right away, so we'll we'll let you we'll loosen the rules that you have in place to put it on an FM station. But that doesn't fix the pro- okay. Yeah, no that that. It's like, yeah, the, we're going to save AM, AM radio by not letting it be AM radio. Yeah. And the uh, the other one they said is eliminating the rules, um, or if you modify an AM radio, there are rules currently in place that you have to, uh, if you modify the signal, you have to actually give it less interference than what it currently has. So if you modify the signal, you have to make it better, <laughs> which most of the time, instead of people going, well, if I modify it, I have to spend money to make it better. I'm just not going to modify it. So they they want to uh, they want to reduce that role as well. But I found that hilarious that the two steps for making AM radio better is make it FM radio. Yep. AM had its advantages. It reaches really, really far. Yes, really far, especially at nighttime. It there's there's rules specifically that you have to power down your AM radio station at night because it is too powerful when the sun goes down. Like we, there was an issue with our one of our AM radio stations that somebody in uh, Minnesota was able to pick up one of our AM radio stations because uh, the power down sequence had not worked. Oops. Yeah. Well done. It's fixed now, so it's still it's like Minnesota. Soda really from this thing? That's just nuts. Yeah, well, it bounces around. Yep. So other broadcasting stuff. Mm-hmm. YouTube Red. YouTube Red. I, uh, huh. What's your initial gut reaction? $10 a month for YouTube? Really? Okay. Really? That's that's about where mine was. Why Offline viewing. I, why would I pay $10 a month well, so first off, offline viewing, top of the line options, as it were. So uh, have you ever had a YouTube video you just wanted to listen to and not watch? Yes. But when you do it on your phone... It has to be active for you to listen, yeah. Right. So the one of the features of this is that you don't need that. Videos would run in the background. Of course, there are other apps that do that for free. Yes, very true. Um, exclusive content. They're making deals with a lot of the top streamers saying, hey, we want you to put your stuff on YouTube Red. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I'm not pleased with this. Well, they also seem to have been a little heavy-handed with this as well, because there was a whole thing with Disney agreeing to be a YouTube bread partner, but there was an issue with ESPN, and so all of the ESPN videos now are offline because they did not have the right rights and information for YouTube Red. So it's, that's like really your, your strong, it takes a lot to strong arm Disney. I mean, come on. Yeah, but if anyone's going to do it, it's Google. Yeah, true. So do I, would I want to do offline viewing? Not really. Would I, am I annoyed at the online advertising? A little bit, not as much as some of the other stations. I wanted to watch a, a, a clip on CBS. It was a 60 second clip. Uh, which I had to watch a 45-second ad to get to. Yeah. It's like, come on, it's a 60-second clip. Are you really, I'm going to have to sit through a 45-second ad in order to watch a 60-second clip? That's just ridiculous. Or from watching something on, I think it was ABC, where it's the same freaking two ads for every single ad break, and you're like, come on. I just want to hit a button that says, no, I do not care about oil of Olay skin cream. Please do not show me this well, you, ad ever now you, again. Now you have that button, Andy, except that button also deducts ten dollars a month from your bank account i don't i don't want that no it's, yes i understand that oil of olay is paying per ad view but there's there's a point where it's like no oh just wait andy i know just it's, wait it's gonna get worse not only is it gonna get worse you're in michigan michigan is a battleground state i know political ads and are... it is election season uh, let me say though as working for a media outlet <laughs> Yep. Political ads are okay. Yeah. As a battleground state. The the Yes, I, I know that um people hate listening to political ads, but political ads are ads. And you work for a radio station that is ad based. Yeah. I I still don't see where you're coming from with the like they're okay. Like because they're still annoying. Yes, I know, but they all make ads money are annoying. for us. Yeah, but all ads are annoying. Yes, true. Political ads are, are no less okay than any other ad. True, but it is a money earner for yes. us. So I can't be too upset. I can't bite the hand that feeds me. Right. So we'll have to see. I I have a feeling there's going to be some other developments with YouTube Red before it's finalized and out. But still, 10 bucks, really? No, uh, no, not going to. I would not pay 10 bucks a month just for ad-free. Yeah. Uh, Pandora put aside some issues with the RIAA. $90 million, really? Yeah, well, basically it's just, it's protection money. You know how we keep talking about how the RAAA is really just a, a giant mob? Yes. Like, it is the mafia? Yes. This is protection money. This is Pandora paying the money so that they stop trying to sue them about tracks that they shouldn't need to pay for. Sirius XM paid them $210 million for a similar dealer deal back in June? Yep. Jeez. Which we somehow missed. Yeah. All right. Um, that is ridiculous. Paying $90 million to get the record industry to stop hassling it in the courts for unpaid royalties on pre-1972 tracks. That's, oh, those crazy copyright laws. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay, uh, how are we doing for time? We should probably hit the randoms. All right, let's go ahead for the randoms then. Okay. Random review. I'm switching it up. Last minute, switching it up. <gasps> I'm calling an audible. Uh, I, I sent Andy a review code that he has not yet played with, not even no. for like five minutes to see what this thing's like and see what it's about. And so I was going to review it, but Andy, if if I don't review it now, would you play it this week and we can review it next week? Yes. Okay. So that's what we'll do. We will review that one next week. Instead, I will review Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Oh, the bomb game. The I knew bomb that one game. was coming. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. The bomb game that they've been playing obsessively. Oh, yeah, yes, that, that game. That game. That, why haven't you played it with us, Andy? I still haven't seen a reason why. It's on your wish list. What do you mean you haven't seen a reason why? Yes, I know it's on my wish list, but I it's just... It's a fun game. I don't know what you mean by I haven't seen a reason why, like, why is there a reason to play Risk or Monopoly or any other video game or board game or card game? It's a game and it's fun. Keep talking, like keep talking and Nobody Explodes is a cooperative game where you have two sides on the same team. So everyone's on a team. There's, there's no competition between this. 
but it is a game of imperfect information. So one person who has the screen has on that screen a bomb. They, they just have a bomb. They can interact with the bomb. They can move the bomb. They can read off things that are on the bomb. But that's all they have is a bomb. All of the other players have the bomb defusal manual, but they don't see the bomb. They just see the instructions of if the bomb has this, then do this. If the bomb has this, then do this. And so it's it's a very multi-layered game because the person with the bomb needs to tell the people on the manual what's on the bomb. And not only that, but also has to, to manage the information. So if you have two or three people helping you disarm, you need to split the information up among them so they can all research different pieces. And so you have to track the different rates that they're doing it and what other information they need. Uh, if there's four wires on the wire section of the bomb... One of the requirements may be if the serial number ends in an even number, then do this. And so you have to manage that information, the flow in and out. It is incredible. It is a great party game. Uh, I've played it now with my close group of friends, except Andy, because he refused to play with us. I have played it with my coworkers at work. We had a potluck and I brought it out. There were people aged 7 to 40 who all enjoyed playing it. Uh, I played it with a local gaming group that I met with a week ago. We just kind of, we were, we went to someone's house and we were playing games and I pulled it out. They loved it. Every group that I've shown this to has absolutely just devoured it. And you're trying to figure out why I haven't played it yet. Yes. Not sure. I just haven't, just haven't felt the need for it. You, you don't always need a need to play the game. Hey, Mandy. Not the least of which is hanging out with your friends. True. There's a great sense of accomplishment when you finally defuse the bomb. Uh, the, the bomb itself has a number of different modules. It is procedurally generated. So there's different levels that have different kinds of modules, but essentially it's a, a random bomb every time. The modules range in difficulty from here's a small set of wires and you, you just, just as the bomb interaction, uh, you have to read off what the wires are. So it's yeah, it says uh, red, yellow, yellow, black, blue, red. And then someone goes to the manual and looks it up and says, okay, okay if the first wire is blue, no, if the rest wire is... A and then they come back and say, cut the third wire. Uh, so that's one of the simpler modules. Or there's a button, and the button has a color and a word. And that's what you read off. You say, I have a blue button, it says hold. And then someone tells you what to do with it. Uh, they get a little more complex to things like the complex wires, which is a, it requires a four-way Venn diagram, uh, and the, what are some of the other complex ones? Morse code. Morse code is always a pain in the ass. Especially since it's written down here and Morse code is an auditory language. You're looking at the manual? Well, I'm just saying, I'm just, most likely the only way to talk about Morse code is visually, if, if it's a printed out manual, you can't. So the manual just has, here's the definition of Morse code. The manual actually just gives you the alphabet. It says A is, what is I think A is like dot dash. Yes. The bomb has a blinking light. So the person viewing the bomb has to read off the blinks. So you'll, you'll be watching the bomb and it'll flash three times. You'll say dot, dot, dot. And then it'll do the next letter. And it'll be dot, dash, dash, dash. Dits and das are how actually people... Yeah, I know. That's how people actually correctly do it, but screw it. (laughs) Uh, And so you you have to read off the Morse code, which is pretty damn tricky, by the way. Reading Morse code is a pain in the ass. what What you really need to do is just wait for the letter to complete and then read back the entire letter. Uh, And then the person with the manual figures out what word it is, and there's an associated frequency for the word that they relay back to the bomb person who puts the frequency in and hits transmit. Question is, how fast are these things? What's the word per minute of this? Um, You have no idea, do you? No, I don't. But I know the relative lengths. So a a dit, which is the dot, right? Yeah, dit-da. Yeah, so a dit is a length of one. A da is a length of three. Word breaks are a length of three. Uh, Letter breaks, sorry, are a length of three. Word breaks are a length of seven. Yeah, that's that's the standard format. Okay. Normally, that you try. That's the ideal Morse so, code interval. So, uh, if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, it's uh, one, two, three. Yeah, that's about is, right. That is like a five words per minute. Oh my gosh, that is so slow. Yeah, that's about right. You say it's so slow, but Andy, for those of us who have no experience with Morse code, it's a pain in the ass. That component has killed us more times than any other component. Have you looked at a Morse code tree chart? A Morse code tree chart? I have not. Let's see if I can find... 
Yeah, Morse code tree chart. Yeah, look it up. Just Google Morse code tree chart. Yeah, Morse it's code a, tree chart. It's a way of going from dashes and dots, and you just start at the top and you just work your way down till you stop. Gives you all the letters and all the numbers. Left is dash, right is dot. Yeah, pretty much. Or no, left time. is dot, right is dash. Some of them switch it because S is to the left, and so it's dot dot dot. Yeah, that's that's probably actually less useful for this than just memorizing a few of the letters. All right. Because you don't have time to track the tree. It goes faster than that. I guess if you wrote it down, you could track it on the tree. but Or you could just memorize the letters. You could learn Morse code, or you, you, you couldn't, one of the two. Yeah, learning Morse code is, is really just the faster way. All right. Oh, that's cute. Someone made a Morse code alphabet where it's it's like the A is the dot and the dash. The dot is the top of the A and the dash is the line across it. Ah. And so the B is a dash dot dot dot. So it's the vertical bar of the B and then a dot for each of the three lines. That's cute. It's a good game. It's a really, really good game. I have I'm I'm really liking playing it and I encourage other people to also play it and try it and see it. Uh it is $15. I actually got it for less than $15 cuz I bought it through Humble Bundle and they had like a 20% off sale and I tipped them the extra amount to bring it back up to $15 because it's so good and so worth playing. Okay. Andy, you should play it with us. <sighs> This isn't like Terraria where you're going to be sitting there going like, I don't know what to do. The whole point of the game is that there is someone telling you what to do or you are telling someone what they need to do. Sometime, probably. Okay. Sometime soon? I don't know. Maybe. Please. We want to play with you. All right. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. This time we're no audible. Best Mario song. Oh, shit. How many Mario songs I was, are there now? I was supposed to be thinking about that through the whole podcast. I'm like, I'll think about that. Oh, God. I mean, there's there's dozens of Mario songs. List of Super Mario World songs? Jesus. Yeah, no, don't don't even try. Because, like, there's just... Uh, ah, Koji Kondo was so good. Um, yeah, you have the original, right? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um. Uh, you have Super Mario 3. I've always been a fan of Super... I know Super Mario Bros. 2 really isn't a Super Mario It is. It is actually almost more Super Mario Bros. 2 than Super Mario Bros. 2 is. I But I liked the number 2 theme the best. Now the other question is Favorite Mario song What happened about like Mario Kart Or Yeah Rainbow Road and Mario Kart's very very pretty Mario Party songs There's just so many Uh, There's nothing really good in Mario Party But I I can't I mean (laughs) There was a rule about no singing Da, 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 da. Dave, what? It's a rule about no singing. All right. So, I, I cannot come up with the best Super Mario song. Paper Mario. Eh, yeah, the, there was decent music in that. I'm, I'm stumped. I cannot come up with a best Mario song. There are just so many good ones. It's like, how would you, how would you even do this? Would you have to like break them up into? Um, Not to mention all of the fan-made stuff. Oh yeah, like coming up soon is going to be our sleigh ride Mario Party mix. Yep, from the one-ups. Yep. Yeah, I, I, they're all great. I, yeah, I don't know what to. They're all great. I'm going to say though that I, I do enjoy. If I, if I had to listen to one of them right now, it would be Super Mario Brothers Two, the main theme. <laughs> Followed closely. Ooh, God, Super Mario World 2 had a good one as well. God damn it. Right. Like, it's all just good music. <sighs> all of it. There's, there's, I can't come up with a, a best. I cannot do that. It's all good. It's all really, really good. You know, it's a bit of ridiculous, though, is I'm probably going to have to go and um, play a bunch of these at work tomorrow because it's going to be stuck in my head yep. all day today. Yep. There's some really good medleys out there and some really good fan base stuff that you should probably check out. Best Mario song. Jesus. That's... Yeah, there isn't. There, there just isn't a best. They are fantastic. It's like saying, is there a best Mega Man level song? No. There's some really good ones. There is no best. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess uh, on that indecisive note. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's a wrap. 
This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.